Welcome, time travelers, to our introduction of some amazing new GMs to the Agent Journey podcast. We have our second GM, M. Hubbard, running this cozy mystery one-shot for the month of November. This is a reminder that there may be mature content depicted in our gameplay, but the players and the GM are using safety tools, and all content warnings will be in the description below. Please welcome his cast, Pan, Bix, and myself, in this Brindlewood Bay one-shot and Alabaster Fowl. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are playing Brindlewood Bay, a game of cozy horror where our players will be uh, elderly women from the Brindlewood Bay uh, Mystery Mavens Mystery Book Club solving a mystery in our little northeastern town of Brindlewood Bay. Um, this is... I, I love this game, uh, partly because as a mystery, uh, I, I have set up some, some locations, some suspects, and a list of clues, but I don't know the answer to the whodunit. Uh, so you my players will be um, figuring out everything. You will collect clues and ultimately together solve the crime. And your ideas along with a dice roll will determine uh, what actually happened. Um, or if you roll badly, like you were just doing, um, what didn't happen, I guess. Um, so uh, this is a... Powered by the Apocalypse-based game. So for all of your rolls, you'll be rolling 2d6 um, on a on below a, a 7 or a 6 or lower. You failed on a 7 to 9. It's kind of a mix. Um, and 10, or, 10 or, or better is a full success on um, any of the things that you decide to try to do in this game. I do want to say I'm playing this game basically by the rules as written um, to the best that I know them. I have not run this game before, but I'm feeling pretty confident. Um, the one place where I have um, am stepping away from it is that the, um, the dark conspiracy as written in the game text, the kind of um, Lovecraftian weird stuff that's going on underneath the regular mysteries is going to be different from what's canon in the book. Um, other than that, we are sticking pretty close to the game. Um, so, uh, are you, are you about to get started? I'm about to get started. Are we all right? Okay. I, um, can you make sure everyone did their lines and fails before you start? Yes. Yeah, that was what I was just looking at. Has everyone completed the lines and veils sheet that was given out earlier? I think so. Okay. I I tr I I didn't want to say like interested in any of them okay. because that felt <laughs> weird. Yeah. Elgitar. But like I don't have a problem with playing in a world with any of those things. So okay. I also didn't put any bit. Yeah, I technically would have been fine with any of that, but it's like for the sake of having something, I 
put down some things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the way that I tend to GM, um, most of the stuff that's a line or a veil on here um, I, are things that I would stay away from anyway. Uh, so, um, so the listeners know we have gone through and completed our lines and veils for this game. Um, it is a murder mystery, so there will be murder. <laughs> um, and uh, it is a and a quirky horror game, so there will be some horror elements involved as well. Um, so... Just three mavens rolling dice top of the corpse, trying to figure out who done it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, um, by the way, and, uh, yeah. I usually will take uh, content warnings from like listening, so if there's anything yes. that I miss... Uh, when I put this thing, I'll just tell me and I'll add it. Sure thing. All right. Um, I think everybody's kind of done the character creation bit, but I'm going to run through that anyway, um, just to make sure everybody's on the same page. So we all have names already. I know that. Um, has everyone uh, chosen a style on your character sheet? Or I made up one. one. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let's uh, let's that. actually um actually let's go ahead and uh I'll just have everybody say their name as a player and also their character's name and then we'll kind of um sorry I'm like re re <laughs> redeciding what we're doing uh, every minute that we go by. Um let's go one by one and we'll run through your characters. Okay? Cool. Um I'm gonna go. Uh, first person who appears on the on the Discord is Bix. So, um, Bix, will you tell us um, who you are and your character's name? I'm Bix, the one casually eating spaghetti, uh, who's playing the <laughs> rickety old lady named Marilyn Mon Monroe. Not the Marilyn Monroe, but a Marilyn Marilyn Mar Monroe. <laughs> I can't speak, but there you go. <laughs> And what is your style? Uh, Martha's Vineyard. Okay. Lots of beige. She's she, she very, she very beige, old lady-like, with her <laughs> okay. little little biter. All right. And what is your cozy activity? I choose uh, pottery for the sake of being able right. to uh, throw said pottery at the culprit's head. Yes. That is a good thing to have uh, around. Um, and the next thing after cozy activity is your abilities. I'm hearing someone's Sorry, phone. My okay. Phone, my Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have five abilities, vitality, composure, reason, presence, and sensitivity. Um, this was honestly a little confusing to me in the book, but what I think you do is add one to one of those scores that's listed in um, on the character sheet, and the others will stay the same. The others will stay the same from... So it's the, what it what says already is zero. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
zero one one zero minus one is what's set there already, and you'll add one to one of those. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's okay. how I understood it. Yeah. yeah, it's not super clear, but um, okay. So. So I think, um, yeah, we'll uh, go to the next. Uh, so Pan, will you introduce yourself and your character's name? Okay. Hello, I am Pan. Um, I have a YouTube channel called Pan42Tarot where I read tarot. So that's fun. Anyway, um, my character is Esther Wood. Um, she has the style of Blanche Devereaux from The Golden Girls, but the personality of Sophia, the mom that just rants stories from the kitchen table all the time. Um, awesome. <laughs> so she's very brightly colored in her dress and very loud in her personality. Nice. And uh, her cozy activity, I said a cup of making a cup of tea um, mm -hmm. with booze in it if it's a real tense situation. <laughs> nice. And then I added one to presence. So now I have zero, one, 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 minus one. That makes sense. All right. And Tanya? Uh, before me, Marilyn, what, is, what does Marilyn look like? I don't know if you said what she looks like. Yeah, Bix, can you give us a bit more of uh, Marilyn's look? Oh, uh, yeah. Hold on. Sorry, I like died there for a second. Confused of what you meant. Uh, gosh. Okay. What what she actually looks like? Yeah. Like her getup. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. Hmm. Definitely, like you said, beige. Lots of beige. You know those like. I like, uh, what's it called? Those pantsuits. She'd probably wear a beige pantsuit with like a, one, a cardigan over it. Okay. I can okay. see that. So we have someone very colorful with someone very beige. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I will. Yeah. We're going to say. All right. So, Tanya? Yeah, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to uh, turn the mic over to you. Okay. Okay, uh, let me pull up my... So, I am Tanya Lashia. I'll be playing Gertie Harper-Santino. Um, I chose for her style Dorothy Spornak. Um, so, I'm thinking she, she's like an older um, black lady from like New York who like married an Italian. Because that's what I'm going for for there. Um, and then her cozy activity, I have cooking. And then I added one to reason. And um, 
she is a type of woman that looks like constantly bundled up like she's like constantly cold um she also uh usually wears like oversized clothes so like an oversized scarf oversized like gloves oversized coat um because she's very petite and tiny um she has like completely white hair um however she never tells you exactly how old she is she just constantly talks about how long she's lived on this planet um but the number is always different every time she talks about it and that's <laughs> really all right and you have the you have a bonus cozy activity as well, right? From your move? Oh, from the extra? Yes. Which one did I choose? I chose... I think it's gardening. Um, her- herbalism. So the herbalism. you have the move, yeah. Cadfael. You're a highly skilled herbalist. Yeah. So that's yeah, right. That'll be your additional cozy activity. Um. All right. So I'm gonna go through back to the top and ask you each to answer three questions. Um. Uh, I'm going to ask each player to describe three key aspects of their maven's backstory. Their deceased partner, their children, if any, and pets are okay here, and their career before they retired to Brindlewood Bay. Um, So, back to Bix. Can you tell us um, about your deceased partner, your children or pets, and your career before you retired to Brindlewood Bay. Good thing I wrote this all out before. Uh, <laughs> uh, Meryl, I can't. I can't even say my own character's name. Uh, Marilyn Monroe. Uh, does, does, her deceased partner is named Jackson Monroe. He died from a heart attack when he was fifty-four. They had one child named Cassidy, who went off and started her own family already, who occasionally visit. After their uh, child left and the death of her husband, she ended up getting a pet Papillon named Pee-Pee. Uh, <laughs> during her prime... <laughs> P-I-P-I, not... not <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, during her prime, uh, she worked as a home designer, or now known as a house flipper. Yeah. All right. Um, so now the rest of us are each going to name one object that can be found in your Maven's home in Brindlewood Bay. So based on those things that you've just said, um, you will have some objects to add to the cozy little place in your um, character sheet. Uh, and these can be just anything that you think of from uh, from what was just said. Um, I am going to say that Marilyn has a um, very fancy collar for pee-pee. Amazing. 
fancy, fancy collar. Yeah. Um, Your glitter. <laughs> uh, so, Pan or Tanya, do you have uh, something that's come to mind as a cozy object? Yeah. I'll say it- a um, antique pocket watch that was a gift from her husband. Nice. And Pan, what were you about to say? Does it have to be particularly cozy? Not at all, no. Okay, cool. Because then I'm going to say, because she was like a house flipper, she's got like her favorite like paint scraper thing that like everybody who's like taken apart furniture or houses or anything has their special scraper tool that can do basically anything. So... She has her nice. own little paint scraper tool. That's her favorite. Excellent. Um, and these um, objects that are on your character sheet under a cozy little place, um, if there comes a time in the story where you feel like you can use those, uh, you can um, check one off in order to get a um, get advantage on your roll. Um, so you'll only be able to use each one once. But, um, all right, so next up, Pan, um, can you tell us about your, um, or rather about Esther's deceased partner, her children, if any, uh, and her career before she retired to Brindlewood Bay? So, uh, Esther Wood married John Wood. He is a man of old money which is why she is retired here in the North. Um, she, she had uh, two children with John uh, later in life because she didn't meet John until much later. Um, so they're actually still, they're not like married with kids and stuff. They're, they're still in their mid-30s or younger. Um, and she's like, the older mom. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so she has two kids, one named Jackie and one named uh, James. And they're pretty boring as far as she's concerned. Um, before she retired, she basically did everything, which is why she didn't meet John until much later. She was a world traveler. She was a flight attendant. She was a cruise uh, performer. She was a stripper. She was a, she's been done every job known to man. And that's how she ended up meeting John and being so fascinated, fascinating to him that he married her. So he's had every job there is. Not really a career, but after she married John, they continued to travel and explore the world. And when he died, she decided to settle down. That's it. Very nice. Cool. Um, And you said she finds her children to be kind of boring? Yeah, because they (laughs) are, like, went to college and, like, did responsible adult things. And she's like, what? Why? We have all this money. (laughs) I love that. All right. Um, Does anybody have an item in mind for 
Esther. Bougie scarf. <laughs> yeah. That All makes right. Sense. Hmm. I'll say for a woman who's done almost everything, I feel like you'll have a weird collection. Because I'm looking at myself right now <laughs> as you talk. <laughs> like, I feel like you'd have like a collection of like either like you can choose either like a collection of novelty flasks or like novelty um, shot glasses or novelty like magnets. Like, you know, the stuff you would get at a gift shop. It would definitely be like flasks for sure. Oh, I was totally going to say flask. <laughs> woman after my own heart. I literally have a bunch uh. of flasks. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. All right, I'm gonna keep thinking. Cause I was <laughs> I was like hard on flask, and now I need to think of another one. Um, so I'll I'll come back around. But Tanya, will you tell us about Gertie, uh, Gertie's um, deceased partner, her children, if any, or pets, uh, and her career before retiring to Brindlewood Bay? Oh uh, yes, I did not write any of this beforehand, so I'm making it up on the whim. Um, I'm going to say she uh, married her college sweetheart, so they both went to university together, and that's where they met. His name is Elijah Santino. Um, I'll say they went to NYU. Uh, she has lived her whole life in um, like a smaller town, but then she moved to the city of New York to go to college, but she's lived in a smaller town in New York for a very long time. I don't know where this is set right now, but where she's moved to to retire, this is her probably her second time outside of her hometown, other than college. Uh, she has six children. Um, who, yeah, who are obviously all adults. Um, and I'll say most of them, let's say they live somewhere in the, the East Coast still. Um, and recently, since her husband passed, she has got one cat. They actually had a cat together. And this cat is now also very, very old. Um, and that's her one pet. And I will name her... Carly. And I is her cat's name. Um, for a career, she actually went to school to be a, a natural, um, like healer. So she is a, so she was a researcher in like, uh, natural medicines, ancient medicines, ancient healing. She did a lot of like yoga. Um, she did a lot of like adventure trips where she kind of like showed people how to live off the land. She has like a survivalist certificate. She's one of those people. So um, she did that type of stuff when she was younger. And then when she started to have children and got older, she really became a stay-at-home mom um, for the later years in her life. So um, and now she's retired. Was that it? Yeah, that's it. Um, 
before we do the cozy little activities, um, jumping back to Esther, uh, the one, the, the object that I'm going to give you is a very fancy car. Nice. Nice. You can cozy interpret little quiz fancy. Question was a very fancy car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how about for Gertie? You know how people will have like little, like something usually specific, like a blanket or a towel, whenever they like find a cat or, or like, you know, a little animal and they wrap it up. Imagine she still has like the first like towel or blanket that she would like wrap up the Carly in. Nice. Cute. Um, I'm going to say a pair of um, pruning shears. For your gardening and herbs. And I'm going to say that she has... Didn't you say way at the beginning that she married an Italian? Yep. She's a mean cook. He's a mean cook? No, she's a really good cook. She's a good cook. Okay. So, mm. I want to say, I think I'm going to say she has like a favorite rolling pin. That's one of those ones that has like the cool cutouts to make those Italian cookies with. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Nice. They're really fancy ones. Those can really hurt you if they... Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they're heavy as fuck. <laughs> That's why you get advantage to that role. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Tanya, I heard you say you're not sure exactly where we are, so I'm going to jump back and... Um, just read this from the book. Brindlewood Bay is a small coastal community in Massachusetts. A whaling okay. town in the 18th and 19th centuries, it is now largely a tourist spot. Many locals have turned their homes into bed and breakfasts, and the town has antique shops, comfy dining spots, and arts, artists and artisans of all kinds. Guided fishing trips are common. You are all members of the Murder Maven's Mystery Book Club that has been meeting on the top floor of the Candlelight Booksellers every Saturday evening for the last 10 years. The Murder Mavens are particularly fond of the Gold Crown Mysteries series by Robin Masterson, featuring the globe-trotting super sleuth Amanda Delacour. The Mavens themselves are all elderly women whose partners have passed away and whose children have long flown the nest. Now they're enjoying their golden years in the picturesque town of Brindlewood Bay, pursuing their hobbies and finding comfort and companionship in each other. You're also all amateur detectives. So by the time the game starts, you've already helped local police solve several high-profile crimes. Sometimes people approach you. Sometimes you just stumble into the case. Uh, So that completes our character creation. Um, which they said would take 15 minutes and it didn't, but I'll forgive them. Um, so, uh, 
I'm going to skip their suggested break right now. We'll take a little break in a little bit, but and dive into the game. Um, so we're beginning this game on uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. So the next step in the next step in our play is uh, back to your character sheet. You're each going to mark two end of session questions. Uh, so these are just things that you will try to do during the game. Um, if this wasn't going to be a one-shot, this would get you experience points, but this is just kind of a little um, extra guide to uh, what you're going to do in this session. So you can go ahead and choose uh, two of those. And of course, solving a mystery is always one of your goals. Uh, and... We're going to here again. I'm going to move a little bit away from the text as written. Um, this part, uh, each player would narrate a short vignette showing their mavens enjoying their life in Brindlewood Bay. I'm going to guide you a little bit in this and say that your weekly meeting of the uh, Mystery Mavens Book Club has just ended. It's Sunday evening, uh, not too late. But you've each kind of left the the upstairs of the Candlelight bookstore and have gone to your homes or to a tea shop or wherever you might have gone. So I'd like each player to narrate just uh, a little vignette showing your maven doing whatever you're doing immediately after or shortly after your, meet your um, book club meeting has ended. Uh, the scenes should be light and breezy, or warm and cozy, and they should show the maven enjoying her hobbies. Oh, uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, that's what I was gonna. I was going to ask if you were okay with going first. All right. Uh, gosh, I regret naming her this because now I can never say it. <laughs> I swear, you gotta, my speech is terrible. Give your nickname, though, right? You can go with Manny. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I could just go Manny. All right. Uh, Manny, uh, you know, whenever she gets home. Manny? She, yeah, because it's like Marilyn. It kind of, kind of sounds like Manny. You, it's, it's the okay. whole entire thing with like someone being named Robert, and they call him Bob or, and stuff. It's Manny. All right. Okay. Uh, you know, never, she's Never asked, question an elderly person's nickname. <laughs> never question. Don't, you don't ask them their age. You don't ask them their their nickname or question. No. <laughs> uh, all right. So Manny, she has like you know one of those small tables that has like the pedal to turn the little table for clay. You know she's like molding the clay. She's pushing the pedal, kind of just enjoying her time there while uh, PP is trying to. <laughs> Gosh, I regret naming the dog that now. <laughs> okay, while well, her dog is, you know, trying to get her attention, because you know, the dog's the dog's still pretty, pretty young and agile. So you know, she's trying to get attention, trying to you know jump up on her leg, and she's like you know gently picking up the dog like with her foot and just moving it away while she's, you know, trying to she's multitasking, but she's chilling, she's enjoying it. All right. I don't know and how long this is supposed to be. <laughs> that's good. No, that's per that's perfect. Uh, so, um, what is Esther up to? 
Um, well, now I have this really fancy car, which I'm going to say is a Mustang. Um, so she is, she has made herself a giant traveling mug of tea. And she is just cruising along the country roads as fast as possible. (laughs) And just enjoying her tea and her afternoon drive away from her friends after their meeting. It's just like, she's one of those drivers that, like, because she's old, like, she thinks she's driving so fast, but there's, like, a line of cars <laughs> behind her, and everybody's, like, honking. They're like, you have this big muscle car. Why are you going fast? <laughs> she's just, nice. like, chilling. Hopefully she wow, didn't put a bunch the... of alcohol in it. Yeah, I was going to say, please <laughs> yeah, tell me that's oh, just tea. <laughs> oh, um, well, I feel like her friend's... She just left her friends, so I don't think she had a flask on her at the meeting because the mysteries are very important to her. Good. And what's on the radio? Oh, um, she likes doo-wop mu- music. So, yeah, doo-wop music. Cool. Shaboom, shaboom. Yeah. <laughs> as loud right. as possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about Gertie? Um, Gertie is at her home and she is probably rechecking her, her list of things she needs to make and take to her eldest daughter's house where they now have Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and she is probably just pottering around the house, you know, getting things cleaned up, organized. She does have to pack. She's going to have to go there next week. She's just getting herself in order um, and just making sure that she has all the groceries she needs to make probably a couple. She probably brings the desserts. So like sweet potato, like too many desserts, though, like sweet potato pies and pumpkin pies and apple pies and cherry pies. Like she comes with like as if there's a family of 50 um, because she likes to also give some of it to like the neighborhood um, like neighbors and friends and things like that. So she makes a lot of stuff. And so people expect her to give some of those when she's done. So that's what she's doing. Great. Um, so I'm going to kind of begin to introduce our mystery uh, individually to each of you. We'll each get like a little bit of it. Um, to tell you uh, from the beginning, our mystery is called an alabaster fowl. Uh, fowl like the bird, like a turkey. Uh, the complexity of the mystery is six. So what that means is that you'll need to gather at least three clues before you can attempt to solve the mystery. Preferably more because um, you take the number of clues that you've gathered, subtract the complexity, and then that's the modifier for your role. So uh, more is better. Um, I'm going to start with Gertie. And say, um, kind of, you've been bustling around, gathering things, uh, have decided at some point to sit down in your favorite comfy chair or the couch and the cat's curled up next to you and you've dozed off and leaning into Gertie's witchiness, you have a strange dream uh, of a large, dark, echoey space and a figure who you can't 
can't really make out any details of walking this kind of echoing footsteps in a hurried pace. And you see looming above this figure, looks like a man. Uh, The figure looks like a man. Looming above him is an enormous white turkey. Uh, Gigantic. That's high, high up above him and leaning toward him. And then there's a sound of of something striking uh, several times and the, the figure falls and you see what you somehow just know to be cranberry sauce oozing across the floor underneath him. Uh, and you wake from this dream with a start. Um, meanwhile, uh, Marilyn, or Manny, uh, as you're working on your potter's wheel, um, can I say that you have the television on across the room? Yeah, she, she probably would have the television on, just like random channels. Yeah, you see uh, a news report, uh, the whatever, six o'clock news, breaking story, uh, a prominent local real estate agent or real estate mogul, John Hanmore, has been found uh, dead in his office. Um, police are still investigating, but uh, word is that they have already arrested a suspect. A suspect. Uh, the suspect's name has not been released yet. And... Um, I think I'll, I'll go ahead and just go with this question for you. Um, you had an argument with Mr. Hanmore a few weeks ago. What were the circumstances? Uh, what, what is he again? <laughs> he, he's a real estate mogul. He, uh, real buys estate. and sells properties and, um, is responsible for a lot of new development in town. A wealthy and important play. person. I'll say she probably, like, has a very old home, like, has not changed it. I just kept it, like, had the upkeep. And he wanted to try and buy it off her. And she would not allow it. And it got heated? So they kind of argued over that, yeah. All right. Because it's like, you're old. There's a nice retirement home just down the street. She's like, no, this (laughs) is where I've lived. Yep. That sounds what was his right. name again? His name is John Hanmore. H-A-N-M-O-R-E. Um, and Esther, you um you know a local um uh, a local public defender, a local lawyer named Randall Stein. Uh, it's probably like your 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 kid's age, um, young, kind of kind of coming up in in his law career. How do how do you know this person? Uh, I got a bunch of parking tickets, and I fought them in court. I guess. And I guess we could say like, uh, <laughs> maybe he- just. Uh, He's, he a, he's a friend, I should say. Or is he a lawyer? He's a public. He, he's a lawyer. He's a public, he's a public defender. defender, so he works for the okay. works for the time. So I got a lot of and parking tickets, and I kept going yeah. to city hall where the court is, like paying them off, and would just sit there and talk to people because I'm bored. <laughs> okay, 
So you developed a friendship with this I, young man? Yes, because he knows all the criminals and they sell weed. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. Just really changed this character for me. Um, <laughs> so as, as you're cruising along at a wild 35 miles per hour, um, your, <laughs> so wild. your cell phone rings. What is his name? Randall Stein. Okay, I answer it. Um, well, hello. Who's this uh, then? Uh, is this uh, Esther? I'm Miss, Mrs. Wood. This is Why, it's yes. Randall Stein. Randall Stein. Do you remember me? Oh, yes, of course I do. You're that young lawyer who is a wonderful public defender. Yeah, How yeah, that's me. What's going on, Randall? Um, I'm I, I'm calling. I'm hoping for a little bit of help from from you and your friends, maybe. Um it's a it's a new case that's come in. Um a new new client of mine that uh that I that I just, just got this evening. Um and uh, I I feel like she's being railroaded here and I hoping that, that you and your friends might be able to, to look into the case a little bit. Why, the murder mavens are always on call, dear. Let me just get a hold of the girls and we'll come right down to the jailhouse. Um, yeah, it's probably better if, um, if the DA doesn't really know that I'm calling you. Could I, could I meet you somewhere or, or something like that? Yes. Why don't we meet at uh, Mar Manny's house? You know, Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe? Yes, Miss Marilyn. She's one of the murder mavens. She's got a nice little uh, pottery barn out back. And it's very private. No one could see us coming or going. I'll give you the address. Uh Okay, okay. All right. So are you going to try to get everybody together this evening? Yes. That is the okay. goal. All right. Go um, pick up Gertie and drive over to Maryland's. All right. And then we will just jump right into... Um, Marilyn, Manny, where would you uh, where would you host everyone in your house? Well, since I, I assume that they come and she, and she suggested the barn out back, so she she probably would be like, oh yeah, sure. Let me just set up a nice little table before y'all arrive. And she's like, it's like it, it's it's you know it's a very very you know it's, it's a storage barn more so, but she does have all, all her stuff in there. She just like sits up. Like an old, old plastic table, some chairs around it, and there, you know, there's just hay everywhere, so it's very dusty. But there's nice lighting, so she's like, it's perfect. All right. Um. Yeah. So uh, everybody gathers there. Uh, I think probably ten or fifteen minutes after you are all there, um, the 
public defender, Mr. Uh, Stein, arrives. He's a... Oh, before he gets there, I want to share my dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it normal that we go to Maryland's... Uh, Maryland, is it normal that we go to your barn? Anytime they would, like, come to hang out at her house, she would probably, like, set up, like, a space in the barn, especially, like, on nice, hot, and sunny days. They could kind of just, like, chill outside, but also not have to be straight up in the sunlight. Okay. Probably has, like, um, some punch set up. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think I will, like, make some tea and just help you kind of set up while I kind of tell you guys a bit about my dream. And I wrote down the details, but I think based off of this character, she's going to interpret it a different way. So um, I'll say that. um, So as you guys are setting up, I think Gertie is just going to be helping, putting things together, waiting for this gentleman to come. And she's going to just kind of look over at both of you. Now, I don't want both of y'all to get too worried, but I had a really weird well dear tell us all about well there was this shadow of of a man i think it was and he was he was well maybe he was shrouded in shadow i couldn't really really tell to be honest that well but he was standing, I think, in front of some trees, behind some trees, and he was absolutely destroying this Thanksgiving dinner. Um, there was, there was, it was kind of scenes, cranberry sauce all over the place. But what was strange was that the, the turkey was severely uncooked, like it was white. Um, he definitely did not, did not cook that long enough. Um, and so I'm not really sure what that means. I did go to bed without eating dinner, so that may have been an issue. But I usually don't have those types of dreams. I'm not really sure what the man has to do with it. Hmm. Well, it is nearly Thanksgiving. Seems like you were also hungry. Um, Dungeon Master, I have a question. (laughs) Yeah. How much uh, of, like, ooky spooky stuff has happened to the three of us before? Like, have we used these dreams before in previous mysteries? Or is this kind of... I think the previous mysteries have been pretty straightforward. Uh, I mean, probably any murder is a little bit spooky, but um, no, you're not accustomed to, like, prophetic dreams. Okay. Did you undercook your turkey last year or something? Is there a little bit of a trauma response there, Gertie? Okay, first of all, <laughs> how very dare you even suggest I would undercook my turkey? Second That's of true. all, I, I swear this man was someone I've never seen before. I think he was very shadowy, but I, I didn't recognize the silhouette. So either, well, either something from the spirit, you know, the spiritual world is trying to tell me something, 
maybe we should look out for this 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 person who's coming to come talk to us today or perhaps in the future we should look for someone who's you know man-shaped um perhaps well i have not to tell you darling but about 50 percent of nearly every population is man-shaped all right well man-shaped and also doesn't know how to cook actually now that i've said that out loud well that was that so was we'll look time. out for all of the men yeah okay that's all normally right, well. how i approach life in general <laughs> we're gonna ask them if they can help with bacon or turkey maybe we'll figure out that way okay, well you two wouldn't help <laughs> think about this you time there's a, there's an a turkey and a shadowy man there's a Very timid knock at the door Oh, wow, that must be Randall. I'll just I'll lay him in. Oh, you gonna go get it? All right, I'll prepare him some punch then. Go let Randall in. Hello, dear. I give him a kiss on both cheeks. Um, he's definitely embarrassed by that. Um, <laughs> Randall's a tall, handsome young man, um, broad shoulders, in a suit that doesn't really fit him quite right. Um, pro probably um, not the most expensive one in the store. Um, dark hair, light eyes. Um, he he's, seems a little bit nervous coming in. Um, he's oh, uh, yeah, thank thank you all for 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 meeting with me. Um, I just now <sighs> you see, Gertie. Randall, he is a vegetarian. You can tell by how skinny his bones are. So we need yeah. to worry about him cooking any turkey. Yeah, Mr. Stein, is it? Yeah, oh, so I know I haven't met all of you. I've heard a lot about you, but yeah, Rand please call me Randall. Okay. Oh, Randall. Randall, here's some punch. Yeah, honey, do you, <laughs> want, do you want some cake or some pie or do you want some food? Let's get you something to eat. Um, no, that's, it's not necessary. Oh, come on, it'll be fine. Final young man IQ needs to be strong. Get some food. <laughs> Gertie has a spoonful of sweet potato pie. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> we all turn into grandmas for him. Like, all right, come on, we're in. We gotta eat some food now. <laughs> yeah, he protests, but goes along with it. Um... And it's kind of like us. in a hurry to in a hurry to explain things, but um, keeps getting overtaken by <laughs> cups of tea and. Now, girls, girls, I know we are just all flabbergasted by this wonderfully handsome man here, but would you please, Randall, tell us about your client? Yeah. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Um. It's it's a tough one. I and and I feel like I don't. I just don't have what I need to to show that she's innocent right now, um, and and everybody's pushing to 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 prosecute to book her right away, and um, so it all comes down to this uh, this this guy named John Hanmore. Um, well, you may have heard already. It's John Hanmore, <laughs> as in the realtor Hanmore. Yeah, you you may have seen it on the news already. He's he's found dead in his office. Um, 
It's and it's your been... client is suspected of killing uh, this man. Yes, yeah, that's it. Um, he's it's coming at a at a weird time with Thanksgiving around the corner, and he's one of the the main organizers of the of the Thanksgiving parade. You know, the floating parade down the canal in the middle of town. Um, so he was found in his office, dead, stabbed. Um, and they, they arrested, uh, my, my client is, is Anna Ortega Avant. Um, she's a, an activist. She's been, um, she's been seen protesting outside of the, of the parade headquarters. She's, she's been in arguments with him before she, um, now what is I mean, her name accusing, again, dear? Very slowly. Uh, Anna Ortega Avant. Avant. Uh, Gertie is <clears throat> Gertie is five steps ahead. I mean, Gertie is five steps um, behind everyone. Now, <laughs> this this John is it a, is J O H N or J O N? Uh, it's, it's H N. Is she, is she like writing. taking notes? Yes, she's writing it very okay. slowly with, with her glasses. H N H. Is this Han more with an N D or Han with H A N? It's just it's just the N H A N N M O R E. Um, I don't I don't know how important that is. Um, and meanwhile, Peepee's over here just bothering the man. Probably like attempting to pee on him. <laughs> really? That's that's where she got the name from. She likes to pee on the people. Okay. <laughs> He's probably trying to like nudge nudge her away with his shoe a little bit. Um, She's just marking her also, territory. That's all. Um. Well, I could see why she may have been been in arguments with Mister Hancock, but I wouldn't go as far as to kill him. I, I mean, I yeah, I've I mean, I've talked with her. I, I believe her, but the thing is that she's been seen on video. She was the last person to, to go into his office before his body was discovered. They have her going in, coming out, uh, and maybe an hour later, his his assistant and his nephew go in, and that's when that's when they found the body. Um, she's told me that she had an appointment with him. She showed up on time, and there was nobody there. Um, she went in, didn't see anybody, and left. This sounds serious. You should call the police. Uh, well, dear, I think of... that's already been happened. <laughs> oh. You see, she is in jail. I yeah, see. that's why he came. He needed for us to help defend her. Because she already is in the cuffs. I see. And this is this is Anna. Yeah. Anna, yeah. Anna Ortega Avant. All right. Uh, I mean, she's everybody's really coming down on her. I mean, the there isn't any, there isn't really any hard evidence against her. But they're taking this, the video footage, the fact that she's argued with him, um, and I feel like they're just gonna run her to trial on that. And what I want from you, I mean, I've heard about the work that you've done and I know what you can, y'all can do. Um, you don't have to solve the murder, but just if you could get me something that, that would show that it wasn't her. 
Now, dear, his nephew and who else found his body? His assistant, his, uh, um, his, assistant. his, his ex executive assistant. Yeah. That's, um, he like pulls out a, a notebook of his own. Um, that's, that's Joan Leister, his assistant. Um, and, uh, William Hanmore is his nephew. Did I offer and, uh, you any lunch yet? Uh, yeah, I, I, ha I have some here. Thank you. It's, it's delicious. <laughs> and Joan, Joan what? Again? Leister. Leister. And I'm, I'm dropping this stuff in, um, in the chat, just so y'all can see it. Gotcha. Yeah, we're just enjoying bothering you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much you're just bothering this guy and how much you're trying to <laughs> write all this stuff down, but there, it's there for you. I'm purely just bothering him. I think everyone else is taking notes. Now, <laughs> now uh, she kind of looks at him. I'm s what, did, what did he say his name was? What, uh, what was your name again? This is Randall. Right, of course. Randall. Raymond? No, no. Randall, dear. Randall. Randall. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, Randall, yes. I hear him, dear. He gets, a, he gets a look in his eye like he's realizing he's made a terrible decision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. don't worry, dear. We're just messing with you. Now, I feel like we have a lot of information. But I guess I, I, I'm going to ask exactly what you want us to do. Are you expecting us to clear your friend's name or to investigate the murder? Because, you know, we, we, we have to be impartial here. We don't know if Miss uh, Ortega did this deed or not. We have to pr provide well, the evidence to say either way. I'm confident. He like puts on, he like squares his shoulders and puts on what's clearly his like practice courtroom voice. I'm confident that if you investigate this crime, if you, you do what you do best, you will find the evidence that, that's needed to exonerate her. Now, we don't need to get all, all huffy puffy with us. We can understand. Now, Randall, dear, what makes you so confident that this young woman is not the murderer? Is it just her affect, or have you had some sort of inkling that someone else may have done it? You know, in, in my line of work, you get, a, you get a feel for people, for one thing. And it's my job to defend people who are accused of a crime and I, I know they're not always innocent but I just, I know she didn't do it. Hmm. Well? There, there may be more to that if you want to make a roll or anything like that. Um, if you want to push him that would probably be a uh, uh Ah, uh, where is it? Meddling. Meddling? Is that Meddling. a presence? Or so with, oh, that's a move action. Yeah, it's a move action. So 
you can the moves can involve different abilities that would probably be a presence depending on kind of what you're doing there. Well, I would love to meddle. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, like, what do you think of this young man, boy? Do you think he's telling the truth? I'm just talking to her dog. <laughs> so, all right. So, yeah. do you want to? So, you're going to roll two d six. Okay. Do I get ju- any bonuses for? My extra in presence or not really? Yes. You will roll 2d6 and add your... You have one in presence, right? Yes. Yes, you'll add one. All right. Here's the first roll, everybody. Yeah. Oh, a five and a one plus one. That's a seven. Not great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it it got to the baseline. Completion. Yeah, you're gonna get a clue, but there is a complication. Um, let me look at my clues really quick. Um, he he kind of. Uh, well, let's let's play it out. Actually, like, what do, what do you say? Now, Randall, I know you have a soft heart, but. You've seen all kinds of criminals come in and out of that jailhouse. Now you tell me what you really think about Miss Anna Ortega of Alt. That's all. Um, He kind of, he squirms a little bit in his seat. He's like, um, it's between us? No. Oh man, he's fucking her. I mean, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't Grey's Anatomy. Hopefully. Oh. Now, we are in a retired community. Who knows what we get up to these days? Uh, so he, he's asking, like, is it like, is this something that you're not going to share with anyone else? What says oh, is oh. dead in the barn that stays in the barn. Yeah. What when did we make that rule? Just now. <laughs> um, so yeah, here's the the kind of the complication here is that before he's going to tell you anything, he's asking for your um, like your confidence. Now, that Randall, you will keep this whatever he tells you. You know, secret. I'm not a busybody about town. Ha. Everybody trusts me with their secrets. I will tell no one unless it's pertinent to the case. Well, so honestly, I, I should have recused myself from this. I know Anna. I've known Anna for, for a long time. Um, and well, there's this also. He, uh, he has like his little briefcase with him he reaches in and pulls out um a piece of paper and um kind of holds on to it like he's really not sure um this is on she gave this to me this would probably be a evidence against her but um i'm gonna trust you all with it 
uh, and he hands over this paper, and it is a uh, typed and unsigned document on Mr. Hanmore's letterhead announcing the cancellation of the annual Thanksgiving boat parade. <gasps> she but it's not signed. <laughs> What's Sorry. It's not signed, though? It's not signed. Uh, oh, look. You put it in she... Nice. Yeah, I put it in clues. Can't seem to move it, but I put it in clues. Um, yeah, he says she she found this on his desk, and she was confused. She grabbed it. Um, I haven't shown this to anybody. And you shouldn't. It'd be a, a riot. Yes, what a long tradition we've had of Thanksgiving boat parade. And and you have to understand, she wasn't even trying to have it canceled. I mean, some people want to, but she wanted she wanted representation in it. She wanted some acknowledgement of of the real history of Thanksgiving. Uncle she wanted turkey. What? <laughs> the uncooked turkey. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, now here, Gertie, is an uncooked turkey. (laughs) Continue. And that's it. I don't, I don't have anything else to tell you. Oh, well, girls, why on earth? Would this man want to cancel the Thanksgiving Day Parade? I mean, it's an excellent event for the entire community, and we all know that John has used it as a huge promotional advertisement for his various financial, no, real estate uh, businesses, so why would he cancel it? Maybe he's the one who undercooked his turkey and he got embarrassed. Alright, Marilyn, <laughs> <laughs> st- stick with us, honey. Um, so, I know who the mayor is, but just so that we're all on the same page, right? Who, who would need to sign this document for the parade to be canceled? Oh, that is a good point. in charge of the parade. Because he's just a donor, isn't he? Yeah, he's nobody. Well, he's one of, uh, he's one of the, the main funding sources. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know that he could cancel it, but um, it's, it's possible. John mm. Han- Hanmore was, was one of the main funding sources? Yeah. Yes. He was, he's very, very rich. Well, was. Well, yes. We'll have to see who is uh, profiting off that man's disease. Hmm. Certainly ain't me. No, well, it's none of us. That man has been bugging me since these past, like, five years trying to buy my house off me. Now, Marilyn. No, Manny's a suspect. 
you a suspect. That literally does make you a suspect. Yeah. Oh no. Ooh, does that <laughs> I mean have any, I haven't even tried to, to, to stab. That was how he died, right? I was stabbing. I haven't oh. even tried to stab Mr. Hand more. Um, was he stabbed? Yes, he was he stabbed. Was. Oh my goodness, Marilyn, stop talking. <laughs> yeah, Esther, I think that does. If you If you want to use your Sherlock Holmes move, you can declare something about um, Manny based solely on her appearance. Uh, now, uh, based solely on her appearance. Mm-hmm. Well, well, as we all know, Marilyn doesn't have the imagination to stab someone to death. <laughs> you know, while looking at her clothes. Oh. <laughs> Sweet bird. What's wrong about my clothes? <laughs> I've had these for 23 years now. I rest my case. <laughs> what case? I don't see no briefcase. Ah, <laughs> oh, sweet Marilyn. Sweet, sweet, sweet Marilyn. Every friend group needs a rose. <laughs> Gosh. I didn't even try to try to those facts. All right. Do do you feel like we can call this conversation with um with the uh public defender over and move on with the investigation? Yeah. I think yes. we've gotten all the information we can out of him, yeah. Yes. Okay. Before he goes, <laughs> I would like to just uh wrap up the rest of the pie and go ahead and send that to with him. Okay. Um, yes, he's very oh, thankful. Um, obviously still embarrassed from like divulging secrets to you. Uh, and very thankful that you're helping and just uh, says, um, Esther knows his phone number. You can call him anytime. Yes, we will be in touch if we find out anything to clear dear Miss Anna's name. Or not. Or not. Nice. <laughs> that's that's a definitely, that's a really good close to the scene. Um, we will see so what it, we will uncover. It is um, evening now. The sun is mostly down, kind of like red streaks on the sky. Do you want to go and investigate right now? Um, wait until the Ooh. morning? And it's where well do you past go? my bedtime. I do need to take pee here for a walk. I saw that he was trying to go on Mr. Raymond's. That's his name, right? Raymond. Uh, leg there a couple minutes ago. I should probably take pee on this little walk. Randall, dear. Randall. I'm assuming Donald? we'll have to... Very close, apparently. Uh, I'm assuming we'll have to, to do some uh, some interviews. Perhaps, you know, take some some slow walks past some areas, you know, yes, go back to places. Past an office. You know, mm-hmm. he died only recently. The the further away from his death we get, the less clues are likely to be where he died. So maybe we should go check that out before bedtime. Mm-hmm. 
After yes, all, uh... the younger officers will be stuck there, keeping watch on the office. Why, if we bring them a little bit of grub, they might be willing to just let us old biddies poke around. Sounds good. Let's take a walk. All right. Um, so you're heading to Hanmore's office. Uh, it is toward the, the center of the town, not the most historic area, but um, it's in a more modern, about 10-story building, one of the biggest buildings in uh, Brindlewood Bay. And um, yeah, you arrive, it's uh, like an office building, multiple offices, uh, and I think you probably could have gotten from Randall that Hanmore's office is on the ninth floor. Um, you arrive there, and there is an officer at the main door to the building. Just a, like, a uniformed police officer. Kind of like watching you as, as these three old ladies walk up. Well, hi there. Been a fine evening, hasn't it been, officer? Uh, yes, uh, yes, very nice, ma'am. Now, what you doing standing out in the cold here? Ah, uh, just doing my job, ma'am. Well, hope you got yourself a nice scarf or something. Don't want you catching a cold while you're on the job. I'm plenty warm, ma'am. And it is, it, it's chilly. Uh, there's, like, cool, crisp, um ocean breeze coming through. And we try to just walk in, or is he, like, blocking the door? He's kind of he's standing to the side of the door. Uh, as, you, as you walk toward the door, he kind of holds a hand up, and he's like, um, is there something I can help you ladies with? Can I look around and see if he's the only person close, like, in this area? He is, yes. Okay. This is like um, a, a huge office building too, right? Yes. Like, there's more offices than just his business. Yes. Okay, cool. But it's Sunday, like it's to... night, it's, it's closed up. Right, right. I'd, li- I'd like to take something out of my bag that I've brought. and uh-huh. It's not the rolling pin, is it? not not yet (laughs) we could we could probably take them but not yet ladies okay Um, but i i do want to kind of have something prepared and i don't know if this is allowed but i want to offer him some food so i'd like to maybe see if i can convince him to you know trust me enough to eat it um but i do want to like spike it like with the sort of natural herb that will make him fall asleep so you're using your, your herbalism here? Yes. Um, I think that's okay. illegal there. <laughs> I'm just going to try to distract you. We just so mixed up it. a couple herbs while we were cooking. Right. It was an honest mistake. Okay. So in Brindlewood Bay, the two main moves that you're going to be doing are day move and night move. Um, day moves happen in the day or in places where it's just pretty safe and night moves happen at night or places where it's relatively unsafe. So this is going to be a night move. Um, Mm -hmm. 
When you do something risky or face something you fear, name what you're afraid will happen if you fail <laughs> or lose your nerve. And I will tell you how it's worse than what you fear. So what are you afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve? Um, so I'm a pretty good herbalist. However, mm -hmm. I, I always tell people when I give them new herbs and, and things that are ingestible that I, I need to do a test first, you know, to make sure I don't give them too much or too little. It all has to do with, you know, body weight and all that jazz. So I don't know if this gentleman eats too much of this something bad will happen. But I think probably my, my worst fear would be that he is like asleep way yeah. longer than I would want him to be. And that would be, I think we lost you, but we oh. lost you for a, or I lost you for a second there. Yeah. I missed some of what you said. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. It was, t it was asking me to switch yeah. my mic for some reason. Okay. Oh, okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. And it was just like one minute ago, like specifically what you're afraid will happen. Yeah, you were talking about okay. like body okay. weight, and then it cut out. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so I would be afraid that I, he's going, I'm going to try to give him as much as I think, based on looking at him, he can ingest without, like, getting sick, or without it working too too hard, or hurting him. Um, and my biggest fear would be that, obviously, that I got it wrong, and something bad happened to him. Okay. Um, I'll say it's worse than you fear because not only will, uh, we'll just assume that he's going to eat it. Um, not only will it affect his health, but it will be obvious that it was your fault. Mm. Um, These are going to be my famous, uh, what, what are they going <laughs> to, I'm making my famous brownies. <laughs> okay. My, um, my and are you going to use your your cozy space, your your herbs there? Yes. Okay. So you'll roll with advantage, which means you'll roll three d six and take the two highest. Um, and wow. as far as the ability goes, um, I would say reason. If you yes, have, I want to um, use reason. Is that, okay. And I put my that, extra that in reason, so that'd be a plus two. All right, so nice. 3d6, take the two highest, All right. and plus two. All right, <clears throat> so I'm just going to go, what did you say your name was, hun? Uh, Officer Malcolm. Malcolm, and I'm going to pull out um, basically a, a gleaming gold pan that has a little lid on it and open up the lid. And I was going to waft the most chocolatey, delicious chocolatey caramel smell you've ever smelled. And they're mm -hmm. still warm, still warm. Like now I know you shouldn't be taking things while you're on the clock, but um, you know, I, I thought this would get you through the night and I just want to give him the whole pan. Let's see how this works. Yeah. His eyes I'm immediately go wide. <laughs> I'm going to very discreetly pull Marilyn's hands away from the pan. Very discreetly. <laughs> she just pulls a pan off her Mary Poppins bag. <laughs> oh my gosh. Two sixes and a two. Yeah. All right. And then plus two. So that's a 14. You win a nice. lot. Yeah. Um, 
You do what you intended. Uh, so you can describe what it looks like, and then I will tell you some extra benefit or advantage. Okay. Um, I think we have we've pulled this type of uh, trick before, um, except for probably Marilyn continues to forget not to eat the brownies. So I will, um, as Esther kind of pulls Marilyn back, I'll just kind of give them to Your brownies are amazing. (laughs) They they are my famous brownies. Uh, I'm going to give them to kind of a, a look. And as I pass it to him and watch him eat it, I'm just going to continue to like talk until I can see that he's falling asleep and just make sure that I like, you know, set him down gently and maybe even out of the way if I can. Like, yeah, so these are actually my special brownies. I call them happy brownies. They're just a, a you know, what the, the secret is, it's just a pinch of salted caramel. That's, that's kind of that middle layer you're getting there. Those are good, right? Still warm. And I'm just going to continue to talk as I watch him to make sure that he falls asleep. All right. Yeah, he probably like slumps against the glass next to the door and just slowly slides down. Um, nice. I'm going to say the extra advantage that you get is um, like as he, uh, as he slumps down to the ground, his hand kind of falls to the side and there's a ring of keys. These are the, the building keys. Okay. I will work on positioning him and giving the keys to whoever is going to grab them out of my hand and just positioning him to make sure that he can't be seen from the street. I'll take the keys. Yeah, I'll take the keys. I'll do like a whole roll of keys. And I'm going to see if the door, is the door like locked? Or do we have to use the keys to get in? Um, I think this the the front door is was op- was unlocked with the the police officer standing there. Okay. All right, girls. Now let's head up to the ninth floor. But keep an eye out as we head up, just in case there's anything from here to there that's suspicious. All right. Yes, yeah, so you enter this big open <laughs> lobby. It's um, <laughs> tiptoeing like Scooby Doo characters. Uh, it's, uh, the building's closed. So it has that thing where like every fourth light is on. So it's, it's like semi dark, um, in there lower lit than it ordinarily would be. And you can head to the elevators and up to the ninth floor. Um, yep. and there's like a hallway and you find the door to Hanmore's office. Uh, it has his name in big letters across it. Um, and it probably has police tape across it, uh, taped across the door, but you can unlock, head in, avoid the tape. Yes, let's do that. Uh, is there like a, a look for clues move where you just perceive things? Um, it's always the meddling move is for searching for a clue or gathering information. Yes. That. <laughs> so, like, before you go into his his office, or... Yes, because I want to see if the door 
is like if anybody broke into it that we didn't see on camera or like I don't know anything weirds up about it um I'm gonna say that is kind of um feel like that's not necessarily well yeah yeah go ahead and do, and do the meddling roll that that's 2d6 yeah Plus. and for that i would say probably reason okay so i got a wait a second what happened oh, here we go try again there you go oh no i took right. that <laughs> Yeah. I only so have that, a plus one, yeah. so that's four. Okay. So that's a four. Um so um I think as you are kind of looking around in this hallway, uh I'm gonna say you uh look up and you can see one of the cameras that was referred to earlier that that captured the security footage so um so what's happening here is you notice that you are also on camera sneaking into this office ah well shit <laughs> and you don't find anything of note in the in the hallway so anybody who came in this way would have been filmed so the killer, if it isn't Anna, it, they must have come in from another direction. But also, if he wasn't in his office when Anna came in, how did he get into his office? Well, now, even though you can be filmed on these um, cameras, perhaps they found where the film was and erased it or changed it somehow he must have had a really nice view from his window since we are on the ninth floor yeah why didn't they just push him out the window well let's go inside and find out some things okay um you first enter the this like open reception area um it's kind of like glass door into the hallway uh, and you walk inside um, a small reception area. There's a desk where presumably his assistant would sit uh, some nice kind of leather chairs, comfortable set set around the, the build the, or along the walls, um, potted plants. And then behind the reception desk, a big, heavy, imposing wooden door. That would clearly be his office door. Um, so the reception area, the desk is the desk of Joan Gannings, his assistant. Um, I don't remember if I put that in the chat or not. Oh, sorry. Jo Joan Leister, his assistant. Um, and I'm going to ask a question of... Um, Let's go with uh, Marilyn. Um, 
As you approach this desk, what evidence do you see of the thing that Joan Leister cares about most? I would say like probably like a certificate, like a small certificate in a uh, frame of something maybe just like some award or their like college degree. Uh, well, which of those things is it? I don't know what else it is. <laughs> I was probably saying just a college degree. Okay. Cool. Or, I don't know, like business degree or something like that? Probably. Okay. So you have this very tidy, perfectly ordered desk um, with a framed college degree and then the big door to um, John's actual office, but beyond that. Can I look around and see if there is some place where the cameras store their footage? Um, yeah, so there's a computer on the desk, uh, the reception desk, that um, would probably be the most reasonable place. Um, Gertie doesn't seem like the one who's really great with computers, but I, I don't know. <laughs> She's going to sit down, crack her knuckles. <sighs> All right. And uh, look at the keyboard. Esther, how do I get into this thing? <laughs> well, try turning it on, dear. How do you, how do you, where's the, where's the button? And she's just going to kind of press every key. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn it on for her. <laughs> okay. Um, so do you want to, do you want to make a move here? Sure. To not break um, it. Yeah. Maybe you want to break like, it. No. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a night move again. Um, it could be a meddling move. Um, I don't know. I'll go with what, what you feel on that. Um, I think it's, it, I think it depends if I turn it on and it's like, and I have to like do some tech stuff, I'm going to say night move. But if I turn it on and yeah. it, it's like already on then I'm just, I'm already going to go into searching and like getting, yeah, you're going to have to, you're going to have to get into it. Um, <laughs> Perfect. And it, it like might be as easy as like you turn the keyboard over and the passwords like on a piece of tape down there and it might be like. Completely impossible. Um, gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm going to try. Now, um, first try password. All right. <laughs> Capital P? P-A-S-S. <laughs> so I'm going to just try password for the password. Um, I, I want to give oh, you disadvantage on this. I already, oh, okay, need. I didn't even need to. All right. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so oh, here's, 
something that I completely forgot about the game that I just remembered. With any role you make, you can choose to put on a crown and automatically bump that move that your result up one level. So a failure would become the partial success. Um, partial would become a full success. Uh, and what you have to do for that is check it on your character sheet, any one of those, and you make a you describe a flashback for your character. So that's always an option if you don't want to completely fail on that. Um, but see. I should actually tell you um, what's going to happen um, for your failure before we do that. Um, I think, I don't know if this like is actually reasonable at all. I think you're somehow going to set off an alarm messing around with this computer. <laughs> you're going to alert some authorities to the fact that you're here. It does seem like an advanced building, so there is a possibility that they do have like a lock system. Either that or someone saw them on the security camera. Yeah. Okay. So you All can right. choose to make that a seven to nine instead if you want to do a crown. Do we want to do that? How I mean, I this is a one shot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got plenty of, of space to use those things. Let's okay. just fire them off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will, I will click a crown. Um, and as far as I understand this game, you can use either the crown of the queen, which is you're going to narrate um, something that has to do with you, at your character as a woman in the world, um, or the crown of the void, which is going to be... Uh, um, about kind of the Lovecrafty horror aspect. Okay. I will do a crown of the queen and I will do a scene where I present uh, in the present day showing a budgeting romance. Right. It's not going to be what you expect, but yep. Oh. <laughs> Ann and Mr. Uh, I already forgot his name, but that man. All right. All right, let's hear your scene. Um, Gertie is going to tip-tap password, and it's going to pop up <laughs> that it's not working. And she's going to be like, God dang it. She's going to look over at Esther. You know, I was, I was, um, I was watching uh, Days of Our Beginnings, you know, on, uh, on that one channel uh, with my future husband, um, Dave Davison. And, you know, he is so... Gorgeous. Um, have, I, have I told you about Dave Davidson? Um, I actually wrote him a letter, and I'm pretty sure he read it and wrote me something back. I just haven't gotten it in the mail yet, but we are um, probably getting pretty serious. Anyway, <clears throat> I was watching that show, and he was actually doing some sort of hacker thing where he had to go into like a hospital and do some hacking things. And he said that a lot of times people keep their passwords on like objects in the office. He, like, flips something over. Maybe we should try to find it on the desk. Now, that gives me a great idea. And I pick up the framed picture, the framed, like, uh, do document her degree and flip it over and see if there's anything stuck to the back. Uh, nice. All right. Yeah, you find the password that way. Um, 
and it's, it's like you never it's like doesn't have any words in it it's like capital letters and like a uh ampersand and like numbers and it's you would never ever would have gotten it <laughs> hold on um, let me take out my reading glasses <laughs> so you open up the, the computer um i'm gonna go ahead and just give you a i, I know you weren't doing meddling on this but i'm gonna go ahead and give you a clue um Actually, I'm going to give you a void clue. Ooh. Um, when you open the computer, a video is open on, on the screen, and it's showing uh, a pale, rotting carcass feebly flopping across the ground <gasps> and leaving a, trail of, leaving a trail of stuffing behind. <gasps> oh, my goodness. It shows this wow, like, little that. clip of the video. Kind of like glitchy, and then the the window just closes automatically. I I can't believe what we just saw. He actually videotaped him making that undercooked turkey. That turkey was less than undercooked. That's it was, was like slightly alive. That's what I was telling you. Horror, severely undercooked. You that, can't eat that. No. <laughs> all right so um the void clue doesn't count as one of the clues that you've uh acquired you can't use it to solve the, the crime it's just meant to be disturbing um so i uh, will say you you achieved what you were going for you open up the computer you can find the security cameras and um it confirms what Mr. Stein told you, you can kind of like spend a little bit of time looking through the footage and you see um, Mr. Hanmore arrive at a certain time in the afternoon, go into the office, a few hours pass. It doesn't appear as though his assistant, um, Ms. Leister, was here. I mean, it's a Sunday. Um, so he went into his office, the door was closed. Nothing happens at all for a couple hours. Then um, you see a young woman, um, kind of like short and wiry, uh, wearing like a um, a uh, like army surplus jacket. Um, kind of come slowly into the room, looking around. Kind of seems like she's looking for anyone at the desk eventually like goes knocks on the door opens the door walks in closes the door um maybe like 15 minutes pass and then she comes out again looking annoyed and leaves hmm seems odd that she would wait for 15 minutes but maybe not no i mean she also doesn't really look like she's committed a murder. Not that I would know what you would look like after you committed murder, but... No, but she I, clearly knows Krav Maga. Look how wiry not, her frame is. All right, I'm not sure that um, immediately equates to knowing a, a special martial arts skill, but okay. No, she has the exact same build of a young man that I knew way back in the day when I was on the cruise liner. Mm. Same wire frame. Is that your Sherlock Holmes move? 
oh yeah, because she's a suspect. And it's the first time oh. we're seeing her. <laughs> I thought you were doing that intentionally. Yeah, so that is absolutely true. She knows Kramagog. <laughs> How do you know these things? Oh, well done, dear. I've seen everything. When you've seen so many people, you can just tell. Well, can you tell that she murdered Mr. Hanmore? Well, it doesn't look like she's particularly uh wound up. Like, she looks annoyed, but... Stabbing someone to death takes a lot of energy out of a person. She would have blood on her. She would be out of How breath. would you know how that feels? Well, no reason at all, dear. Hmm. I've watched now, a now lot a of murder too. mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> We're all suspects. <laughs> Yay! We did it! Does that mean we win? <laughs> we all did it. <laughs> <laughs> quite a twist um, um you have to ooh, sorry so yeah so yeah, go ahead sorry can we go into his actual office and look for clues now mm-hmm. yep is it locked or is it just yeah it's locked but you have the keys um so you open it up um and yeah, you walk into a large, kind of ostentatious office. Um, it's like wood floors, um, big, big windows looking out over the town. Um, there's a m- just like constant mix of old traditional stuff, uh, like big mahogany bookcases, like a plaster bust of who knows who. Um, and like new modern things, like an abstract painting on the wall and uh, and stuff like that. Uh, it's clear that it's he's making a strong attempt to appear or to display his wealth and status. Um, a question for I think this is a good question for Esther actually. Um, how can you tell from the decor that Hanmore cared more about appearances than substance? Oh, well, the bourbon that he has out, it may be expensive, but it is trash to drink. So he doesn't actually know the problem that things he just thinks... Oh, this is expensive. I I will show my my status by the price, not the uh, quality. Good. Um, and this room is there. There are no lights on. Um, there's like a light switch r- right next to the door, but you have uh, natural light coming in through the windows. Uh, it's nighttime now, but it's cloudy. There's reflected light from the town, so it's very low lit when you walk in. I guess another thing you got from the computer is that there were no cameras in his office, just in the lobby. Is there hmm. is there a blood stain on the floor? If you walk around his desk, you can see that there's blood on his very comfortable leather chair and blood on the floor around it. 
Okay. So what are we looking for? Are we looking for more documents to show who's in charge of signing the one that's unsigned? Or are we looking for general well, clues? I was kind of hoping that we might find a secret passageway or something because the girl said that he wasn't in this office. And it, you can clearly see on the tape that he goes in and closes the door. And a little bit later, she comes in and can't find him. So he must have gone somewhere. I wonder. Is there a fire escape around here? <laughs> no. It's, uh, it's like a very, very modern building. It's probably built in the past 10 years. There's no fire escape. Well, that ain't safe. No, the well. next stairway is now where they're, they're fireproof. Um, looking for a secret passage, to me, it feels more like a night move than a meddling move, just because it's so specific. Okay. Um, generally searching around for clues might be meddling. Um, does Esther want to search for a secret passage? Yes. So, so um, night I'm going to call are... it a night. So you're doing something risky or facing some, well, something risky. Um, name what you're afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve. And I'll just tell you how it's worse than you fear. Mm. Well, there's not a lot of consequence to failing, except that. really not a lot of consequence to failing. Like, we just don't have any more what's the, knowledge. What's the, what's the worst thing that you think could happen if you do find a secret door? Oh, well, there could be a bunch of weird undead turkeys in there, because now I've seen an undead turkey, and that's very disturbing. Hmm. Um, it's worse than you fear because, uh, you, you will find something that can seriously hurt you. Oh, oh no. I mean, so you can choose to back down and not do the roll the or you can alone. go ahead and roll. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm curious, so I'm gonna do the roll. Um, and... I mean, I would say reason again. I don't know if you have a... I just have a one in reason. Yeah, I mean, you don't oh. have better than that in anything, do you? Um, if there is an oh. object that you could use... Oh, you got it. Okay, you're good. I got it. Plus that's one, so that's an 11. All right. On 10+, plus, you do what you intend and hold steady. Um, describe what it looks like when you find a secret door. All right. Well, the, the trash bourbon, behind the trash bourbon was a couple of books that just make no sense 
if you're designing your office to look nice. So I start pulling on the books and then one book makes a little click noise and the um what the floor underneath of this man's desk, like that little where you put your feet, it like sinks down into the ground and there's a whole step there's a staircase going down into the darkness. I don't know what's down there. <laughs> All right. But there is it move, a secret passage. Does it move the desk or is the desk still the same spot? No, the de- the it it's like it's like that pretend staircase move where you go behind a big thing mm. and you like go down, but there's actual st- so it goes down underneath the desk. The desk didn't move. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw another clue at you, just so you'll get some clues. Um, Secret Passage was literally one of the clues. I'm going to also say you find along the stairs that are right on the first stair that goes down a single bloody footprint. Whoa. Now, well, this is a clue. They didn't wipe their shoe. What? That's exactly right, Marilyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a sip from my flask. Let's go. <laughs> well, can't well, measure well, their shoe? You can do that. Well, Oh yeah, you have something to measure? I measure the shoe, and then we can find the person's shoe size. I don't know what role that would be if I need to roll. (laughs) No, I think you if you uh, have something to measure it with, like a little tape measure or something. She knows how long the collar is, so she's gonna. She's been holding Peepee the whole entire time, just in her arms. She's like, all right. Yeah. She'll just take off the face collar and measure the the shoe with it. We should also note that PP is your move. You have the Tin Tin move, meaning you have this dog that will do yeah. whatever you ask it to do. Um, I'll just say, yeah, you can measure the the shoe. Um, what what uh, what do you get from that? I don't know the shoe size. Do I just? Yeah. No, I mean, oh, yeah. What's what do you see? Like, what's the shoe size? Does it look like a man's hold shoe? On, I need, I need like to. Hmm. Gosh. Uh, I'll say it would probably be a man's shoe, and like with those those fancy dress shoes. Like that's like the shape of it. All right. And that's, yeah, so that's a little bit more detail on that one clue. Um, anything else while we're in the office? Marilyn hasn't made any rolls, so, and that, that one just didn't seem like one. So is there something you want to investigate or do? Well, I was going to have her, like, you know, see if there's anything, like, out of the ordinary around the place, but they found a secret passage, so I guess. I mean, you could have. Why don't you go ahead and do the meddling move? And we can say that was happening like while um, while Esther was looking around for the secret passage. All right. And that's just two D6s? 
2d6, unless you're going to use one of your cozy place objects, if that would make sense for you. Um, and you can also, another, another thing that you can always do is um, refer to, I need to find that. If you refer to one of the gold, oh, the gold crown mysteries move, um, once per mystery, you can say, this reminds me of something that happened to Amanda Delacour. Um, and describe how what's going on is similar to something that happened in a, one of the gold crown mysteries that you read. Um, you'll automatically take 12 plus the role. Um, I, I you should do that I at roll. some point. Okay. It's, it has to be done before you roll, but uh, we should do it at some point. But I don't know if you want to spend it right now. Yeah, I think I'll just roll because this ain't very dangerous. It'll be fine. Oh yeah, Woo. you rolled twice, but yeah, you did yeah, great on I that doubt. first one. I don't know why it did that. Um, so that would be a reason roll, probably. You have a one in that. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's a twelve. Um, on a twelve plus. Um, you also find a void clue. Um, so you're gonna get a clue from this. Let me look at what we've got. Um, I'm going to say you pull out one of the drawers of the desk, like this bottom kind of large drawer, and you find... Um, A turkey? <laughs> no, no turkey. Oh, should no I find turkey. the turkey? <laughs> No, not the turkey yet. Um, you find a folded set of what look like black ceremonial robes. Not the nuns again. And I gotta give you a void clue also. Um You, well, let's say, um, like behind his desk, there's a, like a, um, a set of, uh, another, like, not really a desk, but like a set of drawers. Um, and you've opened that and found the set of robes. And as you're looking out the window down at the street below, you see a group of deformed figures wearing enormous paper mache pilgrim heads parading across the street in the distance they're kind of like moving like their their joints don't work properly um and these big bobbling pilgrim heads teens these days are weird <laughs> dances mm-hmm. i wonder why he has these robes here they look pretty comfy but don't seem like a place to be wearing them no, oh. it sure does not. And I, I mean, well, I'm going to go ahead and give you one other thing just from his desk. This isn't actually a clue on my list of clues, but you see... Um, did I not? Yeah, I didn't write that on my list of clues. Um, it's scrawled on uh, his paper calendar that's right on the top of his desk uh, on this day, this Sunday. It says... Um, 
uh, warehouse uh, two thirty. Like it's just scribbled quickly in pen. Seems like he had a meeting today. And that falls hmm. in that that time period where uh, he was supposedly in his office. Ah. Seems like this passageway goes to the warehouse. Wherever that is, or whatever that is. Alright. Should we take a look? You first, Esther. (laughs) Alrighty then. I take out my flask and take another big swig. And I grab the <laughs> shitty bottle of bourbon and go down the stairs. All right. Um, everybody following along behind? Mm-hmm. Um. Ah, just for fun. <laughs> Let's make this a night move again. Um, so, heading down these dark, mysterious stairs, Esther's leading the way. Um... What are you afraid will happen uh, as you're walking through these stairs? If you well, um, now we know the murderer escaped this way, so we could all get killed. <laughs> that's okay. That's going hard on what your worst fear is. Um, <laughs> I, and I'm going to tell you how it's worse than that. Oh yeah, I uh, forgot you told me how it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chance he'd fall um, down and break your hip. We could all be turned into turkeys. <laughs> um, how is it worse? Um, you. Don't die. You're just in pain. Good. You, you might. This murderer who would kill you might take even more offense to you being there and. Go after those you love as well. Oh, no. So, again, you can decide not to go through with it, or you can roll. Well, I guess I'll roll. And you can do the the Amanda Delacour move and get an automatic 12, or you can always do the queen thing as well, the crown thing. The queen thing you can do after, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to roll. I don't think we're quite to the Amanda Delacour yet. That's probably composure, since you're kind of facing a fear here. Composure, seven plus one, which is an eight, which is a success, sort of. But when you have a seven to nine, I'm supposed to be mean, just so you know. Um, Yeah. Do we want I him think... to be mean, or should I put a crown on? <laughs> no, I can, I can tell you before, <laughs> so I'm supposed to tell you. Um, yeah, you're going to run into somebody in the stairway, and they're going to stab you. <gasps> well, I don't want that. I'm an old lady. You stab me, I'll definitely just die. Um, you know what? So, so, does the crown of the void, like, 
we you have to go in order, right? Yeah. Focus on you, the orc. Well, then I'm going to do... Because none of these other flashbacks really have anything to do with creeping down a scary hallway. Doesn't necessarily have to. Oh, you know what would be great? Never mind. I'm going to put on the crown of a queen, and I'm going to do... Flashback to a present day scene showing a private side that very few get to see. Well, <clears throat> very few know this, but I do take lessons with Anna of Krav Maga. So <laughs> I do know Krav Maga, and that's why I know she does Krav Maga. It had nothing to do with her wire rebuild. I just knew that. I wanted to pair smart. But All right. I do take lessons with dear Miss Anna. Okay. Um, so that'll bump that roll to a 10 plus. So you do what you intended. You hold steady. You can describe what it looks like. Well, do we still meet the person in the stairway? Because that was kind of what I was hoping. Yeah, that's up to you. Well, excellent. Um, well, we head down the stairs and... Of course, my eyes are wide open looking for any, any twitch in the darkness. And when suddenly, to our right, a hand appears, I take that hand and I flip him right over onto his back. <laughs> All right. Now, who um, are you? What are you doing here? Yeah, so this, this figure, clad all in black, jumps to their feet and, and takes off running. Um, oh, no, don't do that. We can't run. <laughs> Pee-pee, go get him! <laughs> <laughs> um, and you find that this stairway um, goes down quite quite a distance, and not the not the full ten floors, maybe like five floors, and opens up into this kind of concrete hallway that ends in the parking garage that's attached to the building. Wait, was there a person running away? Yes, there is a person running away. Can I use lighten to move? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> yes, go dog, go. So you're All right. telling the dog to chase down and go this bite person? Yeah, I chased them that down, basically. Sick Let me read what this says. <laughs> the pup can understand what you say with near-perfect comprehension um it does not yet have the power to talk yeah so, me, i believe it said <laughs> oh like you could talk um, out loud quite yet yeah so what what do you want to do here this seems like you're gonna need to do a roll um and i'm not Probably. sure how effective this little papillon is going to be in actually stopping this person basically i it's it's for ten, uh for pp to Basically, chase on the man while barking to either draw attention to the person or to help lead us to him if we do lose sight of him or of the okay. person. All right, I'm gonna say do a night move um, with disadvantage. Uh, okay, what does that entail? You roll three and take the two lowest. Oh, okay. Uh, 
And I'm not sure also what ability you're going to use there. Presence to tell the dog what to do. Composure. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. But what are you afraid will happen if you fail? I'm afraid that the man may end up hurting pee-pee. Okay. Like turning around and just kicking the dog. It's just like, no. Yeah. I need to look up our lines and veils and see what we've said about animals. <sighs> oh, no. Okay. And one high uh, one. I am not okay <laughs> with hurting animals in the game. Um, I think Except the thing turkeys, that's worse. Apparently. Yeah. No turkey has been harmed so far. <laughs> You just saw a creepy video. Um, the thing that's worse, I will say, is that PP will get lost. Aw, poor puppy. No. What and you can choose to just not do it. An eight? That's not yeah, bad. Eight. What would okay. that entail? Would that just mean PP would get lost? Eight. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you have to succeed, but PB gets lost. Um, there's a complication across. It doesn't. So. Okay. It doesn't actually have to be the cost that um, that I said. So maybe if you succeed here, it makes more sense that um, you manage to follow this person, but you're gonna take a condition. Um, so a condition is something that can give you uh, um, disadvantage in, in different situations. I'm gonna say, write down in your conditions, exhausted. So you've been able to follow this person. Um, yeah, I don't think it's reasonable that PP would stop them. Um, but you follow this person kind of on this winding route through the city, and it's just like um, Marilyn is taking the lead on this and is just so tired at the end. Like your legs are aching. Um, it's like the longest jazzercise class you've ever been in. And uh, you follow this person to a warehouse and they slip through the warehouse door. So wait, did we run all the way after them towards this warehouse? Yeah, yeah it wow. wasn't. It was like a few block, a few blocks away. And I think like you, and actually, I'll say Peepy was the one who was following them. So you've been kind of like following the little barks of the dog through these darkened city streets, and eventually find. Peepee standing outside of this warehouse door, barking and yipping. Well, that person was um, very nimble. Yeah, didn't entirely outrun three old ladies, but <laughs> but pretty good. Um, you find yourselves actually in uh, a narrow alleyway behind the warehouse. Um, so this is a narrow cobblestone alley running between wood and concrete walls. There's piles of trash and boxes. Um, 
you can see like a couple of just kind of figures in the dark leaning against walls, um, possibly some unhomed folks, the, the glow of a, an ember at the end of a cigarette. Uh, and you can hear like fog horns from out at sea and you can smell the canal nearby. Uh, and I paint the scene question. I haven't asked Gertie a question yet. Um, what little sign of joy is left behind here in the alleyway? And that's a question for Gertie. What sign of joy? Joy, yeah. A little sign of happiness or something happy that happened in the past. Hmm. Joy. In this alleyway? Yeah. Um, maybe on one of the side of the buildings is a, is a little carving of uh, like a heart. You know how the kids do. Uh, put yeah. the heart and then put J plus T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say that. All right. And yeah, PP is standing and barking at this like metal door in the wall and kind of turns and runs back over to Marilyn and then back to the door and barks some more. Good job, PP. The old man, a strange figure went there. Can I, um, can I text the address to Randall? Mm-hmm. I text the address of the warehouse and say, suspicious, big suspect in this warehouse, secret passage in uh, whatever his name's office, tracking suspect, send backup. Okay. Um, yeah, are you going to wait for a reply? No. Marilyn's going to go ahead and open the door. It's like, all right, baby, yeah. lead the way. Okay. I just wanted um, to show up at the right moment. <laughs> Later. All right. all right. Well, we'll leave that out there in space then. Um, yeah, so you open the door and walk into this enormous warehouse space. And you can tell right away that this is the warehouse uh, where the parade floats are prepared and stored. Um, there are, kind of like in the office building, a few sort of like emergency lights on way, way up above you at the ceiling. These kind of just bare bulbs um, lighting up just enormous uh, parade floats of turkeys, um, pilgrims, boats. Uh, some of them are still mostly like wire frames, and some of them are, are finished and covered in brightly colored paper. Um, you can smell grease, fish, cigarettes, um, and just throughout this big, huge open space, there are just parade float after parade float. What do you do? Well, they sure do got lots in here. 
And she's going to kind of just like have, follow Peepy around. Well, this is a mighty big warehouse. Um, is it like lit up at all? It's very, very, very dimly lit. Um, like I said, there are a few lights like way up at the ceiling that are on, and it kind of just casts these enormous shadows from um, a huge turkey looming over your heads. Or um, well, that's not terrifying of- at all. Yeah. Um, and it's quiet. Gertie, Gertie, didn't you say there was a giant turkey in your dream? Gertie? Mm. Was it giant? It was giant, yeah. Okay. Yes, I did say that. <laughs> well... Maybe we should check out this flow, because the dark man figure has appeared. So I don't know if your dreams are prophecies, but nothing would surprise me in this world. I'm going to go check out the turkey float. All right. And I want to point out, you have four clues now, so you can, at any time, try to solve the mystery. Um, Don't we need six? No, you need half the number of the um, of the difficulty of the mystery. But with four, when you roll, you would have a minus two. So, just wanted to tell you, you can if you want to. You have to account for all of the clues, have a conversation, and say what happened, and then roll. I'd like to meddle some more around the turkey float. Okay. So that's just a meddling roll? Yeah. 2d6? Is it... Yep. Um, the reason, probably reason, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and remember, roll. if you can use... Okay, you're already rolling. Never mind. Well... <laughs> I was going to say, if you can use one of your cozy objects, you can take a. um, Unfortunately, I don't think any of them will be useful in this situation. So I shall roll. Roll. Do the thing. There it goes. Oh, yeah. Plus one is a seven. seven. Right. There's a complication. Um, it's always a complication. Let's see. Uh, um, let me see what kind of clue you find, actually. Um, you find... So this is a floating parade. So this giant turkey is built on top of like a flat bottom boat. Oh. Um, it's on a boat trailer. Uh, and, um, you find a, um, like a metal case underneath the, or kind of like tucked behind the tire, uh, a locked metal case. So you've found a clue. 
but it's inside this case, so you don't know what it is yet. Um, it's like just like a little lockbox, maybe a little bit bigger than a shoebox. Well, Marilyn, with your pottery skills, do you think maybe any of your tools would be lockpicking worthy? I don't know about lockpicking worthy, but I could attempt to. And it's like she probably has like a bobby pin in her hair. Oh, yeah. takes out bobby pin. Maybe has she probably still has the collar, just like not on PP anymore since she took out to measure the shoe earlier. She'll mm-hmm. attempt to pop lockpick it. All right, um, I'm gonna go night move with that again. Um, we're apparently not doing anything in the daytime, <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. what no. are you afraid will happen if you fail to open this box? or just in the situation in general? That it would alert someone. It would what? Alert someone. Oh, okay. Like alert the bad guy that's definitely in here because we followed him here. Um, I will say it's worse because he or they, we don't know if it's a man yet, um, will... Um, we'll get the drop on you as you're focusing on this. And I could see vitality here as it's kind of a physical thing, um, but I think reason would make sense too. I'll do reason since I have a It rolled twice again. Yeah, that's weird. Let's go with that first one, which is a five. That'll be a six, which would be a failure. Um, So with the failure, um, this person is going to come out of the shadows and do you harm. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and uh, just describe what happens, and then I'm going to do a move of my own. So uh, as you're kind of, you've like stepped off to the side of the other two a little bit and like balanced this box on like the wheel well of the trailer and are working away at it, um, this shadowy figure steps up behind you and just stabs you oh, on the side. That's um, so uh, oh Yeah. But... I am going to cut to commercial, um, which I need to find on this sheet somewhere. But I um, still do the crown, the crown of, of the queen. You can't because I'm cutting to commercial. How dare. Um, which is going to give you a full <laughs> success, but I have to find it. Um, so we're going to cut away to a commercial because this is our um, murder mystery television show. And you will narrate what happens in this commercial. Um, Here we go. Cut to commercial. This is a very special keeper reaction. One that pays homage to the television shows that inspired the game. Um, If a maven undertakes a perilous or dramatic action and misses the dice roll, um, I can say, let's cut to commercial. Um, 
So you are going to narrate a short commercial, if you want to, <laughs> and we will uh, continue as though that had been a success. So here are some prompts for the commercial. Um, Happy Jack's Lumberjack Lumber Liquidation Furniture Sale. Calamity Raccoon's Good Time Pizza Farm. Mike what? the Gorilla Murphy, Mike the Gorilla Murphy, Attorney at Law. This is on page forty-three of the um, book. If you want to look at them, uh, Possum Be Gone, Drink Plus. It's a soft drink plus so much more. Wow. Herb the Herb Novelty Plant, The Holy <laughs> Spirit, an alcoholic beverage for Christmas. Sugarama breakfast cereal featuring Shuggy the Sugar Cane. Any any of these sounding good to you? I. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. Uh, I need a. I need to find this. I can. Uh, okay. Where, what page is that on again? Forty-three. Forty-three. Those, those sound fun. If, I just. If anybody else has like suggestions there that you really want to hear a commercial for, National Honeydew oh. Council. All right, let's see. Uh, man, I th like half of these are tongue twisters. Uh, all right. Possum be gone. If you got possums in your attic, well, let's get them gone. Spray this little contraption here around the entrance of any ways into your attic, and they'll be gone. Nice. Do we see like a cartoon possum or anything like that? Yeah, car cartoon raccoon just like empty entrance like a vampire trying to enter a house. <laughs> Love that it's not a possum. Um, okay, so yeah, you pop open this box. It doesn't like, work very well. It's a raccoon. What was it that? Works yeah, um, and you find inside a small, maybe about the size of a grapefruit sculpture of a turkey made out of alabaster, this bright white stone. Uh, it looks very old, just locked in this box, uh, and the feet are dotted with this kind of rust-colored little specks all across it. Well, this is a mighty fine piece of work. So you have discovered the hey. alabaster turkey. Perky from your seems, dream? Seems like a murder weapon if that rust material is blood. They didn't say they found the murder weapon at all. They didn't. Well? What now? Um... I would suggest maybe like another meddling role just to see if you find anything, uh, another um, another clue, and then maybe try to solve it. One more clue will bring you to a, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, it'll be just a straight roll. No plus, no minus. Now, come on, so Gertie. I know you could... Find one more clue. 
You want me to roll? Yeah. Mm. Last time you rolled, you got two sixes. I think I've failed like the last three. I can try. <laughs> okay. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> Who's oh, lucky. Lucky. Wow. Another twelve. Yeah, that was the right choice. Um all right, on a twelve. Um So you find your clue, you also find a void clue or learn something about the dark conspiracy. Um let me see. What? Where are you looking? One thing. What are you doing? Yeah, where was I supposed to be looking? I, everybody was kind of hanging out around this uh, turkey float, but you could you could be anywhere really. Mm. Look inside the turkey. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a turkey float. Is it one of those where it's like a car, or is it one of those where it's like huge? Is it like small or uh, big? It's very big, uh, but it's a floating parade, so it's it's built on top of a boat. So where there um, would be a car is a is a boat. And it has that kind of like where it just becomes like a rectangle, basically, of this like <clears throat> um bits of of paper, colored paper hanging all over it. Okay. Paper colored then, paper. Okay. <laughs> then, Sorry, that was actually paper, comma, colored paper. Um, then yes, I'm going to investigate the float. Particularly the... Okay. Uh, what, are they, what are they called? Like the... Either the paper mache or like the, the pieces of it. I'm assuming there's like a giant turkey and maybe some pilgrims standing around. You know, like the pieces of it. Okay. Um... Mm-hmm. The thing that I want to give you is weird. Um, you are kind of climbing around this float, and um, hold on, excuse me, just. Sorry, I was just choking and dying. Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm alive. We'll never solve that mystery. We can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> never know. The complication is that the game master has died. Um, <laughs> you kind of like move around the other side of this float, and you hear, you're like looking around, you're not really seeing anything, but you hear this kind of hushed conversation. Um, I realize that one of the things that kind of throws us off with um, you coming up with a murderer is that we did all of this at night and you haven't actually met anybody. Um, but you overhear this argument going on. Uh, a um, kind of gruff male voice and a um, kind of scratchy uh, female voice. Um, and... The man says, you shouldn't have come back here, Joan. What are you doing here? Why, you're, 
this is the, this is the worst thing you could possibly do. And uh, the other voice, who you can assume to be Joan Leister, the administrative assistant, says, they've been poking around too much. How uh, we just... I have to take care of it right away. I need you to do it for me. One more, and that's all you need to do. And he's like, no, I won't do it again. That was too much as it was. And then their voices kind of trail off. Um, so you have overheard a um, heated conversation between two suspects. Okay heated argument, I should say, between two suspects. Do I recognize the other voice, the male voice? Um, I don't feel like it's someone that you would know, but maybe we can make a roll for that. Well, you rolled a 12 plus, uh, 12 on that. Um, No, I don't. I don't think that. I, I don't think there's any way for me to spin that where you would. Okay. Um, okay. But you are also going to get a void clue. So you also, as you're standing, kind of like cocked your ear next to this big turkey float, you hear rip, 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 and there is a slow but steady drip of blood coming from the beak of this giant turkey. Is it is it real? It's hard to say. I'm gonna put my hand up to it, see if it drips on my hand. Um, yeah, it drips on your hand. Uh, you look a little bit closer, and you see that maybe it's actually paint. Hmm. All right. I will uh, go back to the girls and let them know what I've heard, as well as show them my hand. Now, how'd you get sauce back here? Now I heard a bit of an I heard a bit of an argument slash conversation between the administrative assistant of Mister Hanmore and some other gentleman. I couldn't quite gather who he was. But it sounds like we might have two suspects, two, uh, a murderer and his accomplice, or her accomplice. Well, are they just behind the turkey? Did I see them or um, did I just hear it? You just heard them. I think you could kind okay. of like... Like it's like a weird acoustic effect of this big building that you can kind of pick out where they were. They were farther away than you should have been able to hear them that that clearly. Um, but you know kind of where they are across the across the building. Damn, I was going to have us push the giant turkey on top of them. Seems better. <laughs> <laughs> Esther, that would kill them. How many times have we told you that things like that kill people? Well, murderers, though. Also, yes. Paper. And also, murderers, though. So, it's fine, right? Also, also, and I hold up my hand. Is it pain or blood? Well, let's take a look. 
Oh, or taste it. <clears throat> Gross. It's paint. I'll just tell you whatever whatever you do to figure it out. You just don't want me to taste. <laughs> Gosh, no one wants me to just taste to see if it's blood or not. You know, this it's seems like there's an odor coming off of it. It seems like paint to me. It's cadmium red. It's carcinogenic. I don't want you to like take that in. Uh, oh no. Um, All right. Good. Good. That's 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 also what I thought it was. So that's just uh, making sure we all were on the same page. Well, if we could get the drop on them, I could tie them up with my scarf. So kind of before but, you like defeat them, you'll have to solve the mystery. Um, you you could like. Go confront them if you want to try to like do a social thing to try to get another clue out of them or get some information out of them or figure out actually who they are. Um, you could keep. I I think it's been a long night, but we have a lot of information that also doesn't add up. So even though we have these two people who clearly have done something bad. I don't know if it's 100% to do with Mr. Hanmore. And then also, we found some really interesting stuff at Mr. Hanmore's. Like the. Yes, he uh, seems to not have been a straight arrow. Right. So maybe we need a little bit more information about what he was into. Hmm. So should we confront these two then? Should I sick pee-pee on them again? No, I Oh, I, yes. I <laughs> yes. Violent. No, no violent. dog. <laughs> I propose we follow them. I think they're about to do something. That's what the argument was about. She was asking oh. him to do something, and he was saying no. But it didn't sound like he was going to get his way. Well, yes, then let's follow them. All right. Do you want to try to like sneak up, sneak around to where you can see them? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this seems like a night move again. Um, though, I would make a strong recommendation to go ahead and do the Gold Crown Mysteries move just because it's fun and you can only do it once in a game and we're kind of heading toward the end. Um, I haven't okay. done the gold crown move yet. Well, only one person in a game one. session can do it. It can uh, only happen right. once. Yeah. But if somebody wants to do that, uh, I'll read it for you. Once per mystery, when any maven says, this reminds me of something that happened to Amanda Delacour. Um, work with the other players to describe how something that is happening in a situation reminds the mavens of an event from one of the gold crown mystery books. You must provide the name of the mystery in question, the problem or situation Amanda found herself in, uh, and how Amanda overcame the problem. And then you'll hmm. automatically take a 12 plus for what I would say is the night, a night roll to sneak up on them. Okay. Do we each want to just add to each of the three things? 
Oh, we could do it that way. Okay. Um, I'll I'll say I'm Who? leading the charge. So is Gertie the one who's saying, hey, this reminds me of mm -hmm. whatever? Yeah, I think so. I think as we kind of creep around the corner, um, <laughs> we're just going to like whisper to each other a little too loud. <laughs> uh -huh. Hey, y'all remember that one, um, that one serial where Amanda Delacorte, what is it? Let's see what it's going to be called. Hmm. Amanda and the Pink Fence. Is what it's called. Good luck with that. Oh. <laughs> that was when she was following that arms dealer around a pink warehouse. And she used the boxes to hide and shimmy into the shadow. He never suspected that she found right where his lair was. All right. I am confused. <laughs> you're, supposed hmm? to, you're supposed to finish it up. How did Amanda eventually overcome the problem or resolve the situation? <laughs> uh, all right. And she ended up finding one of their tools and managed to get them locked up in their lair so she could get the right authorities there to catch them. Ah, mm -hmm. that Amanda, she knows how to do business. That was a good book. All right. Wait. So you take a you take a 12 plus on the night move. So um, Gertie, you can describe what it looks like when you succeed on this skulking mm -hmm. action. Perfect. I think that the perfect thing we would want to see is we'd want to come up to them um, silently, even though we are whispering way too loud, but they still don't hear us. And um, they are just finishing up their conversation or their argument. And it's very clear that the, the man has lost. Um, and so he kind of has his head down and he has clearly agreed to do whatever uh, Joan was wanting him to do. And I want them to begin to head off into the direction to do whatever they need to do for the night. Right. Um, yeah, so you see, um, let me pull up the descriptions of these people. Um, Joan Leister, the administrative assistant, tall and wiry with a bird-like face. Uh, she is dressed all in black um you realize that might have actually been the figure that you, that you ran into on the stairs um and the person that she's talking to is this tall stocky man um with a long red beard looks um i mean if you had to imagine like a dock worker or a warehouse worker or something like that he's the person that you would imagine um He's like, um, kind of like size, like, oh, fine, we'll do what you say. Uh, I don't think those ladies are around here anymore. I don't hear the dog barking. So what should we try to find them at their houses or, or what? 
Um, and Joan says, do whatever you need to do. Just get rid of them. We can't have them messing things up for us. I can't believe that John would risk everything that we've worked for for just more money. A building contract that would cause him to shut down our parade, ruin our secret rights for the entire year. <sighs> you know I couldn't let it happen. Um, let's go find where they live. And they start walking toward like the more front door of the building. Um, so I'm going to give you another um, another clue, which is a potentially lucrative building contract. Um, I would suggest at this point, so we can kind of wrap close to on time, um, that you might want to go ahead and do your uh, solve the mystery, your um, yeah. theorize move. Um, you've got yeah, a bunch I, of I, clues. I think if, at this point, if we're still hiding i think we'll look at each other and be like oh oh they're they're killing us <laughs> ah. yes i believe Sorry. that was the desired ah. outcome um so how does the theorize move like work do we just like say how who, yeah, so, who did what yeah here let me read it um, when the Mavens have an open, freewheeling discussion about the solution to a mystery, once they have gathered, you've got to gather enough clues, um, and reach a consensus, uh, you'll roll plus the number of clues incorporated into the theory. So you have to account for the ones that you account for in your theory, um, minus the mystery's complexity. So you just talk it out amongst yourselves and come to a conclusion about what happened. Um, and you'll have to account for a number of those clues that you've um, assembled so far. Okay. I'll throw this other thing at you for to you for free. Um, the bigger, uh, the big man that uh, Joan was talking to also pulls a hood over his head and you recognize it as being very similar to what was uh, in Hanmore's office, his ceremonial robes. Hmm. Okay. Well, I do think that red-headed man is our murderer. Well, yes. And uh, Joan, his accomplice. Indeed. And I believe that it seems like John was the one who was going to cancel the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Just for some more money and a new building. That man was always trying to get more buildings up. And it seems like they worship turkeys. Well, and I don't, this I don't parade know that was part of their plan to rise a giant turkey to take over our town. Mm, okay. Mm. That sounds... Uh, maybe they're just part of a turkey club with their ceremonial robes there. And they killed him with this alabaster turkey. Uh, didn't they say he was stabbed? 
Yeah, with the talons of the turkey. I think they said a knife. They didn't say it was a knife, and they never found the murder weapon. And the turkey had blood on its claws. Well, that's weird. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And plan on murdering us. Well, yes, they definitely plan on murdering us. We have found their secret lair. Which is why I propose that we somehow make these people fall into a boat and then lock them in the float so that they are stuck there until the authorities arrive. Because I did tell Randall to send authorities. But didn't they just leave? Ain't that the front door? They're about to leave. But the whole warehouse is a dock. Like, there's docks everywhere. So they're not quite there yet. I mean, at the moment... At the moment, they don't know we're here. Um, So I would probably say let them go to one of our houses and let's just have an ambush for them there. Oh, well, that's that's good. I don't don't know that you've really solved the murder yet. So what do you all think happened? So the redheaded man killed John. Yes, but but why? So Joan is... And, And how and where. Yeah, so so Joan wants to obviously continue to have the parade. And so she, I'm assuming, either contracted this person or coerced this person to murder John, probably at the warehouse when they met. And again, maybe he's big enough to take him back and like stage him. But they were found. Well, but his chair was found in the office. He was, and his chair was bloody and all that stuff. I think he waited until he got back into the office after the meeting and then stabbed him. So maybe followed him back, or did Joan get him when he came back? Like, so which one did the stabbing? Well, I believe the man did the stabbing because we found the dress shoe. We found the man's shoe print on the stair that was bloody coming down the stair. So somebody came up into the office, stabbed him, got their shoe dirty, and came back down the secret stair and left the body upstairs. And then Joan, who was the woman that went in, we need to, she's just there to make sure nothing went wrong? Or was She, she there to specifically... Make she sure found the, the body other later. Woman... Well, no, the, the, on the camera, there was a woman that they think is the other woman, Ortega, Anna. But now oh, we but know I thought that it, it was, was clearly her, though. It was Wasn't clearly it? her, yeah. 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 It was clearly He Anna? was just, yeah, he was just not, John was not in the office when she was there. So he, he had been at the warehouse at 2.30 instead of meeting with Miss Anna. After their meeting, supposedly it was an argument about this land deal versus the parade. After that argument, he came back to his office and got stabbed in his office. 
So we're saying that the man did that. Okay. So then Joan couldn't have been anywhere near because she can't. No, she I would have been I, on I, the camera. Yes. I don't okay. think she had any part in the actual murder, but she clearly supports the action. Yeah, I would say she's the boss. Oh, yeah. All right. That sounds like okay. a theory. So you can roll. You got seven clues, so you'll roll with plus one. Nice. Who's rolling? It sounds like you put all the dots together, Esther. <laughs> How many do I roll? Just two? Two D six and you'll add one dot one add one to it. Okay. Oh not bad. Hey, that's that good. Is all a right. nine plus one is a ten. All right. It's the correct solution. The keeper will present an opportunity to, to take down the culprit. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Do you want to go ahead with what you said and, like, figure out where they're, like, we'll jump ahead to one of your houses? Um, Use the barn. Rob, probably, yeah, I was going to say Maryland's because we've already been there. Um, so, uh you get ahead of them and you're waiting. Yeah, in my fast how do you, How do you That's want how to we set get this ahead up? Oh yeah, perfect. Um, oh, what was your question, sir? How do you want to set this up? Do we want do we want to just make sure you know have the police there waiting and then they just pop out or do we want to do some sort of home alone style? <laughs> Rig well, rigging <laughs> of traps. I think we have the police outside of the barn, stationed outside of the barn, and we have PB Bark inside of the barn. They come in, and then the police come in to catch them, because then they have nowhere to run once they're stuck inside the barn. Okay, so we're we're luring them to the barn by making them think that we're all still in there, I'm assuming. Yeah. Do we all want to actually be in there or no? Well, I would love to just be in there just to see their faces when they get caught. Yeah, so like mechanically speaking, you got a full success on that. So it's not going to be like a danger to you. I'm not even going to make you roll anything else. So think about like what scene you want to see as the end of this story it's like on the yeah. upper everyone the barn, just looking down at them like you have been caught <laughs> i even mm -hmm. like it better that we're just at the table having our tea and our mm -hmm. crumpets and being like oh wow look who's here lady and they come in and they're like, Haha, we got you, you old biddies. And then uh, all the police come in and we're like, oh, no, we got you. Roll the credits. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Like, yeah so they like kick, they kick the door and in. And everybody uh, cookies. <laughs> and that police officer that you poisoned earlier is there, too. Just looking a little Ooh. off. Poisoned is a, is a harsh word. Yes, he just had uh, a nice time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those are happy. He had some of our happy brownies. 
the police now, officer you, you, go. Med- you medicated earlier. <laughs> you exactly. go, M- Officer Malcolm. Now these brownies aren't so special. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, yeah, you capture or you get these miscreants captured. Um, they would have gotten away away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling, old ladies. <laughs> um, and um, and your little dog too, because we have one. Yeah, <laughs> right. <We have> one. <laughs> uh, Mr. Stein is appreciative, and um, Ana Ortega is released, and um, everything goes back to normal in the little town of Brindlewood Bay. Um, and I think as just a, a little close on on the the night, um, we'll jump forward to Thanksgiving Day, um, and. The three of you, maybe together, maybe separately, are gathered alongside the canal. Or I guess maybe Gertie's not. She had to go to her daughter's. Anyway, some of you are gathered alongside the canal watching these huge floats uh, move along, uh, kind of cheering crowds and people on the floats throwing candy and music and all sorts of festive atmosphere. And you catch a sight uh, kind of through a gap in this big turkey of these shadowy figures arranged in a ring, uh, moving in, in sync inside of this, the body of this huge fa- fake turkey. And then oh, the sacrificing someone could be. See, I told you they were going to take over the town with turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was Brindlewood Bay. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, I really thought you all were going to wait until morning and then actually talk to more people. But <laughs> no, we want to get everything done that yeah. night. Yep. Nighttime. That was a late night. Also, right in the morning, we had to go to all. Don't forget that you can listen to the podcast on the Age of Journey podcast website, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Links will be in the description below. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. You can support the podcast on Patreon and join our Discord. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>